Welcome to episode number 27 of Fits and Starts, the show that uh, comes out with a new episode every two weeks, whether you want it or not. Yep. That's, a- <laughs> That's one of our, ta- our world-famous taglines. Yeah, yep. <laughs> two episodes ago, we set up a very special uh, challenge, which you can hear more about in this episode, but you should really listen to the episode number 25 before listening to this episode, because... In episode number 25, Daniel, you teed up a very special challenge that we were all going to do uh, in the spirit of Christmas and in the spirit of self-improvement, and uh, it was a very interesting experiment. So if you haven't listened to episode number 25, Discipline December, go listen to that right now. I would just like to clarify that neither the spirit of Christmas nor the spirit of self-improvement uh, <laughs> was the reason for the challenge. Yeah, so <laughs> it was the spirit of observation. It was kind of like a, it was like a, uh, it was like a Tony Robbins Christmas special where you do self improvement while uh, doing the Christmas spirit and New Year's resolutions, and so Daniel made some permanent Listen, changes to his life. You know, I am a big believer in and a disciple of Mr. Anthony Robbins, mm-hmm. but in this instance, this was an exercise of science, yeah. not an exercise of crushing it. So. Uh, Go listen to that episode and then listen to this episode. On this episode, we have Caleb Porzio, your colleague, back on the show. Also, uh, just because I always feel like promoting it, you and Caleb, in case uh, listeners haven't heard it, have another podcast called 20% Time that's very good and is doing really, really well, where you guys straight talk about straight-up uh, programming and Laravel stuff, right? That's that's kind of the – it's a slightly, yeah. di- slightly different kind of feel, but it's it's very, very good. It's a different vibe, but it's a good vibe. It's a good vibe. So it was awesome to have your other uh, your other co-host from your other program on here. And uh, right now, I'm in New York. It's like single-digit degrees outside, and so we're going to make this quick Oof. because i got to get back out there and keep on enjoying the cold weather. Are you recording outside? <laughs> I'm on the roof reporting live from the field. And, uh, and so a uh, friend of the show, Michael Johnson, is sitting next to me. Uh, he's on episode number 24. If you haven't listened to that one yet, you should go listen to that one. There's a lot of tie-ins here. Uh, my sister Julie's in the next room. She's on the she she's on the intro from the early episodes. Uh, yeah, quick side note about Anthony Robbins. Um, he there's a there's a thing he says that he does, which is uh, every morning when he wakes up, he gets into a cold shower so that his body knows that when he demands something, his body must respond. I feel like you're making that up. As we are prone to do during these intros, we like to promote one of our friends doing something cool. One of our friends, uh, Carl Cadwell, is a music producer and a lot of other things in the city of Chattanooga. He collaborates with a ton of different people and is making a lot of cool stuff. I'm going to throw links to his music down in the show notes. If you enjoy the music at the end of the show, uh, Carl was uh, had a big impact on me, and he's a, uh, a really rad dude, so go listen to his stuff. Yeah, I don't know if you know this. Mr. Anthony Robbins has actually motivated more motivational speakers than any other motivational speaker. <laughs> It's like a pyramid scheme of motivation. Right, exactly. (laughs) So what you do is you store up some of this motivation and you approach your friends and family. I feel like we have a lot to talk about here. I, I don't even know. I started to like think about like, boy, how should we structure this thing? And I, I couldn't. Yeah. There's just too much here. The, I, well, I feel like there's we a very clear thing to talk about on this spreadsheet. <laughs> the the, <laughs> okay, the so, bottom left. 
Okay, so <laughs> if you missed the previous episode, we're here talking about Discipline December. Uh, Discipline yeah, if December. you wanted to call in on the episode about New Year's resolutions, you should have, you should have called, called in, in the episode. The episode. Discipline December. So Discipline December is this, act- this activity that Daniel Colborn got us started on uh, where he had this idea that... <laughs> that, we- that Daniel had this idea that he was going to try to be really disciplined for a whole month and that part of, <laughs> part of the way that he was going to make that happen was to bring us into it and create a lot of accountability both through friendship and also through doing it on a podcast and talking about it on Twitter and making a spreadsheet that was accessible to the public. And this was his uh-huh. his big idea. I sort of begrudgingly came along thinking, boy, I'm really probably not going to do some of these things and I'm going to have to pay a lot of money to charity, which is fine because I'm supporting Daniel and I'm supporting charity. So here we are. Maybe I'll just make a little screen cap of, of this and send it to send it to our <laughs> listeners. Uh, as it currently stands, Daniel stopped even logging his activity about two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, it all fell apart. It all fell apart. <laughs> Best laid plans. Daniel, tell us what, what, what happened. Well, okay. Here's the thing. I think my killer, my killer event was uh, the breakfast and the desk because I failed those every day for a while. And I just like, I am so dumb when I wake up. I, this is my rationalization of how this happened. And like, it, it may be fanciful. It may be true. I don't know, but this is the best I got. I failed those every day for uh-huh. a while. And I was just like, I can't do this. I cannot somehow, I cannot remember to eat breakfast. Like it's just a, a, bizarre mental blank spot where like i wake up i'm like oh i should eat breakfast as soon as i oh it's noon yeah uh-huh. <laughs> and like somehow that whole thing would disappear then uh i started playing a little bit fast and loose with the uh the holy hour which uh-huh. i think was a big downfall yeah that's a, was, that's a hard one that that's one that can stack up you do you do two you do two in a row and all of a sudden you can't get it back well, no, but this is the thing. I was being very disciplined about like the letter of the law, but not necessarily the spirit of the law. Mm-hmm. And that was causing me to go to bed very late. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I see, I see, I see. So the, the holy hour, for those who didn't listen to the last podcast, you can't use screens or eat within an hour of when you go to bed. And there's, so there's this thing where it's like, you're thinking about like, okay, can I commence the holy hour now? And you're like, I don't know. Do I feel like I'm as full as I need to be today? Like, <laughs> am I going to need a, an apple between now and bed? Or like, think about it. And I'm trying to like mental, mental hygiene my brain uh, into like understanding the whole situation. You know, and then like one thing leads to another and you get a notification and then there you're at, you're in it. And then now I have to stay up for another hour. Um, well, so and then there's no way I'm not snoozing so I'm curious, in the morning you, after that. You, with your uh, tr- uh, your tremendous planning ahead of time and, and the beautiful spreadsheet you built, you actually built in a mechanism for this, right? You said uh, if the breakfast thing is giving you too much trouble, you can just go ahead and pay ten dollars and stop worrying about that one. I was I was curious to see why you didn't just uh, just do that. I don't know. It was almost like a snowball effect, man. Like I always thought I was going to get it back. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought I was going to get it back. <laughs> I thought I was going to like pull it back from the clutches. Sure. And maybe maybe this is really a lesson about uh, recognizing your limits. Mm. I don't know what this lesson that we can take from this is, but uh, 
what I learned is that as soon as I uh, stopped knowing, I stopped caring. Mm. Um, which meant that once I was two days into not recording my activity, which happened suddenly, I don't know how, all of a sudden, like, I didn't know what I had done and not done anymore, and then I was trying to hold it in my head, and then I was like, I can't honestly enter these things because I'm not super sure. Mm. Uh, and then then I didn't even deserve to enter anything. Mm. I, had be- I had become that. I had become that which did not deserve to log his activities. There are a few things that I can say about this uh, with, with a lot of certainty. One of the things I can say with a lot of certainty was that I did not enjoy it at all. Wow. I had no fun. Whoa. Caleb, can can we can can we? Because I, I, feel I like think Caleb had a blast. Because <laughs> I, I want to hear what Caleb's take on this was. Because the I think the things we were doing were good, but the problem was it wasn't. There was no part of it that was like fun or enjoyable for me. Because what it felt like was just having a part time job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I I loved it. I had a blast. <laughs> I I think. I, <laughs> uh. I'm really used to, I, like I said, I, I pretty much make a spreadsheet like this every month. So I, it wasn't, I mean, it was definitely more strict and there were more tasks than my typical spreadsheet. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I fail at that enough that I'm just kind of immune to like the self-shame thing. Um, I don't know. It, the, the waking up thing, the no snooze, that, that, like, that changed my life. And I didn't fail at it once, I think. I think that was the one that I just like, tried really hard wow and and doing that like this month was just such a better month of my life because i just didn't snooze and woke up ever, exactly when i wanted to yeah i'm looking at it i i only i only slipped up on that one a hand uh, a small handful of times that is a significant life improvement big time yeah also i'd like to i'd like to posit that maybe december is the worst possible month of the year to do this in there's so many moving parts there's so many moving parts, and you can't have a regular rhythm. I was so busy at work, and then all of a sudden, it's like all of these like late night uh, Christmas parties, and then I was with family, like mm-hmm. being with and family travel. right before Christmas. Oh my goodness! And Caleb, how are you moving your body outside? You live in Buffalo. Oh no! Look at my move my body outside. I I'm p p p p p p f p f p straight f's all across <laughs> yeah. until Christmas Eve. I. Uh, it's so bad so here. It's so cold. Because it's snowy and icy, right? Yeah, I started out, as soon as Discipline December started, we got like three feet of snow. Right. And we I got was like, like, oh, this is great. Like, I'm, you know, like it's it's muscle over motor time. I get out there, I'm shoveling every nook and cranny multiple times a day, and I'm moving my body and feeling great. And uh, that got <laughs> old. And now I drive over all the snow and see what my snow tires can do and are capable of. We didn't even get like feet of snow. We got like... We got like six inches of snow, but like suddenly my whole hill I lived on was just covered in ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just like, all right, well, I guess that's it because I cannot safely walk down this hill. So uh, I guess I'm just going to not move my body outside. There was like, it felt like a snowball of like things where I would fail one thing and then in my mind I would write off that category of things as achievable, mm-hmm. but I would not abstain from it officially. The biggest surprise to me was how some of these, a couple of these categories ended up being like really interesting and sticky for me. And Mm -hmm. most of the other categories ended up being kind of like nothing burgers for me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Mm. So like, uh, like move your body outside every day. Like that's something that I realized I was kind of doing every day anyways. Uh, Like eating breakfast, 
cleaning a common space, which is like, I, you know, like taking out the trash or like tidying up the living room or whatever, making your bed, cleaning up your desk before work, you know, being of work with your, being of service with your help, with your, with your skill set, uh, reading a book. Like most of this stuff didn't feel like, like a real, like big life change. The, yep. the things that actually stood out to me were meant, which I think is going to become a permanent change in my life waking up with no snooze which i think is going to become a permanent change in my life and then something that i i want i i i feel like needs to be its own topic because i have so much to say about it which is holy hour i got i got a lot mm-hmm. to say about holy hour but we can uh we can kind of take those in any order you guys want yeah let's let's circle back on holy hour i made this list and they were all things that i aspired to do uh-huh. but some of them were things that you guys already did yeah yeah <laughs> so that's that's a consideration yeah um mm-hmm. But also, like, I think the big takeaway from this list for me is, like, there are things where it's like, oh, I can see how this one thing, like, either triggered some sort of a response in me, which was the goal, was to learn, like, if something triggered a certain response in me, or B, was way harder than it should have been. Mm-hmm. And I knew, I know that this is my main problem, and this is the issue, is that, like, I think I'm always trying to get around the fact that my main problem is, like, sleeping. Mm-hmm. And like I'm so mm-hmm. bad at it mm-hmm. because like all of my major failings just surrounded that thing, mm-hmm. which was like, okay, uh, holy hour, yes, and but like I also kind of played fast and loose with it, right? But then when I did go to sleep, like I had a hard time waking up, and when I did wake up, I was so stupid that I didn't eat breakfast and clean off my desk and like start my day in like a clean slate type of a way. Right. And so like all those things are tied together in this general thing, which is like can't sleep. And like what I was hoping for was that this list would illustrate that like my sleep thing was actually not that big of a deal. And I was just psyching myself up about it in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, But that didn't happen. Um, And then I think the rest of it was like seemed less important once I realized that. (laughs) See, this is interesting Mm -hmm. because you know how people do the you know, people do the like whole 30 diet thing where they they like only eat like super like very natural foods for a, a period. And then they slowly introduce other things back into their diet. Uh, I've never done that. But the thing that I've heard people say about it is that the point of it is not really the cleanse itself. The point of it is to, as you start adding other elements back into your diet slowly, you can like actually pretty quickly identify where the problems are uh, in, in your mm-hmm. like digestive tract. So I feel like this is like, this was helpful in that way that it was like, it was interesting to just like try 20 things and see that like the one, all the ones that like were like sticking in your craw were related to sleep, and all the, like the three that stuck in my craw were actually totally different. Uh, yeah, it's actually kind of helpful just to see like what actually kind of gets in your brain, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Caleb? What were your what were your, what were the ones that were like easy slash hard for you? Yeah, the the ones I already did. Uh, so I already ate breakfast every day, so that was peas all across. Um, the you ate peas every day. Every day, breakfast. every day, warm them up, push them up. <laughs> he pulls uh, out a can. Uh, that one, yeah, that was the only give me, I think. The only one that and was... And mint. You were minting. Oh, yeah. and I was minting. Right. So I was minting and I was breakfasting. I think that might have been it. Yeah. Um, so I guess the, the ones that... So, so those are the ones that I was already doing. The ones I did really well that I wasn't already doing, like I said, the snooze time thing um the uh, clean off desk before work that was a fun one 
uh, making my bed. I I just learned to do that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, and I already uh, that one didn't stick. I didn't make my bed the past two days. I don't know. I have to figure out how much money I owe to Charity Water. It's a substantial amount. <laughs> like, I haven't even entered my money <laughs> yet. Okay, yeah, so you're, you're at twenty dollars right now. But but Daniel, couldn't we just say? You were at 20 when you stopped putting stuff in, and couldn't we say retroactively that you quit for Just 50? 50. On the, and then I, on, so I owe 77, 72, something like that. Which would probably not be that much more, but yeah. maybe, it would be, maybe it would be more. I don't know. All right. Yeah, yeah that's fair. <laughs> so I owe $72 to Charity Water. Did anyone have a did anyone have a funny story about uh, uh, doing something nice without getting caught? I think two days I knocked out both of them, and it was cake. And two opportunities presented themselves. One, I was at Aldi. Duh, put a mm-hmm. quarter in a cart and leave it. That's easy. Go. That's easy. And then two, uh, we had a huge snowstorm, and I was shoveling my own driveway and glanced over at the there neighbors' like sidewalk. I'm not. I don't want to say I did the whole driveway because I didn't, but did the sidewalk up to their place and that was that so i was i put this here and i did nothing you did nothing oh uh, john no i could like i honestly i couldn't think of anything i mean i guess i could have done like the grocery store thing but like you know out in the bay area like i don't know i might, might end up dro- accidentally dropping like 270 dollars on somebody uh <laughs> so uh i just I, I i dropped a fat tip a couple times i did that a couple times but that was like um they were like merry christmas tips you guys do Merry Christmas tips? Yeah, I give I give a I give a few Merry Christmas tips away. Yeah. I think we also should we should backtrack a little bit because uh, if I can rewind a little bit, what happened was you and Caleb came up with this idea together and shared the whole thing with me in a Slack channel that I was not signed into at the time. And so I didn't mm-hmm. see any of the preparation and so I was hearing about all this for the oh, first yeah. time uh, on the podcast. But I was listening back when I was doing the edit. Uh, you framed it up a little bit as saying that uh, Caleb and I are of the persuasion that like discipline is inherently good and that like it's an end worth pursuing in and of itself. Uh, I and did. I think I did I, frame it up that way. Yes. I will not speak for Caleb, but I would say that that's very much not what I think. Okay. That's interesting. Caleb, I'll, I'll let you speak for yourself though is that is is that a fair characterization of what you think do you think discipline is like a, a good in and of itself that you should be pursuing yeah um oh i i think so i think so yeah i i'm interested to hear what you say i'm also interested to hear what john says i to me it, it discipline is just sort of like a tool in the toolkit you know it's just like discipline mm-hmm. is just like a means to an end it's it's a it's basically a way to keep you between the ditches you know so you say basically there's stuff i want to do because reasons right uh we have our reasons for our work we have our reasons for uh self care we have our reasons for whatever and in order to like given time constraints get a bunch of stuff done you're probably going to need to bring a little bit of orderliness to it. And you're probably going to have to do stuff you don't want to do at times when you don't want to do it. Right. So the discipline to get that done is not necessarily the goal in and of itself, but it's a kind of an important tool in your tool belt to have in order to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Right. So it's, it's, right. it's almost just like it's a framework of thinking or uh, sort of a, a tool that you can use 
in order to accomplish the things that you need to accomplish, hoping that, you know, some of those things that you want to accomplish are inherently good. Right. That, that's how I use discipline for sure. As, as a tool, as exactly what you're describing, that that's how it translates for me in my life. I think maybe the difference is I do aspire to the discipline we're talking about, like the the discipline for discipline's sake. I think I still hold that as something that I feel very not like that at all. But um, to be like cliche, like watching, uh, like uh, what's the the movie with Mr. Miyagi? Um, <laughs> yeah, the uh, Karate Kid. Yeah, yeah, like w- watching movies like that, and I don't know anything samurai, anything. I mean, that that's a uh, I don't know an extreme example, but um, but things like that, or really I don't know, really disciplined people. It always inspires me and. Just to, I don't know, like when it's discipline for discipline's sake, it applies to things that I wouldn't normally apply it to. And it seems like the result is just better in my opinion. See, yeah, the, 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 uh, to keep on going, run with the Mr. Miyagi analogy, because I'm more than happy to talk uh, Karate Kid for the remainder of the episode if we want to. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the waxing on and waxing off is something that yeah, Ralph right. Macchio's character has to do in order to learn how to defend himself in a you know, high-stakes situation, right? So mm-hmm, the discipline mm-hmm. of him repeatedly waxing on and waxing off for hours and days and weeks is important in order for him to go out there and do something. But to say that it like him developing the discipline to wax on wax off just because developing discipline to do something you don't want to do all the time is like good in and of itself. I'm not really totally convinced of that. I guess that's like once it becomes disassociated from the good thing that you're actually trying. Is to it like ever disassociated from for? the good thing? How like how what would be an example of disassociating discipline from from the end? You know, we talked about in the past, my um, my buddy who played baseball, who his whole thing was like, he had to go home and throw the baseball at his dad every day after school because he said, every day you get better, you get worse, you know? Now, for sure. my friend Landon to have... Wait, every discipline. day you get better, you get worse? You get better or you get worse. Oh, gotcha. Every day you get better or get worse. Gotcha. He, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I, I, I slowed it down, yeah. He would throw the baseball every day because I'm like, why, well, why do you have to throw the baseball today? It's not baseball season. He's like, well, every day you get better at throwing baseballs or you get worse at throwing baseballs. Today, I'm mm-hmm. going to get better at throwing mm-hmm. baseballs, right? So that's a very mm-hmm. disciplined approach to pursuing a career in baseball. Now, suppose that he does not even have the end of like, I'm going to try to become a great baseball player. And he's just like some like 40-year-old guy. And he's just mm-hmm. like, well, every day you get better, you get worse. So I need to like maintain this discipline about throwing baseballs but like he doesn't Mm -hmm. even have an achievable goal at the end of it he's just sort of like nope got to maintain this discipline that's why i say like the discipline itself is not interesting like who really cares about the discipline it's just a (laughs) thing that is going to be really helpful to him in pursuing a specific thing right discipline for discipline's sake works is is what i'm what i strive for when the end is discipline like discipline for discipline's sake Like discipline is the end. Like I could see practicing some arbitrary discipline just to get better at being disciplined because discipline is actually a skill. And it's actually something that when you make your bed every day, you learn something about yourself. You learn something about, you know, ways that you can sort of rig it so that you make this easier or it's more habitual or you're, you're reflecting on, you know what I'm saying? So like doing that, like those things. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think discipline for discipline's sake is a muscle memory. And yeah. that's, that's the attraction. I buy that. I've turned a corner on this. I've turned a corner. Uh, I came into this saying discipline is uh, 
almost non-existent as a concept. Uh, I think I thought discipline was kind of a made-up thing, um, and that you either did something out of like uh, pleasure or fear, basically. Right. Yeah. Right, and that everything was just done out of pleasure or fear, and people who said that they had like intense discipline either had more pleasure or fear mm-hmm. that or that was like more constant lower level fear or pleasure, right? And that there was nothing uh, discipline-y about the whole thing. I kind of don't buy that now. I kind of do think that discipline is like an actual skill. And I think I have realized how not good at it I am. Um, <laughs> and how much my life has been structured thus far so that I could use pleasure and fear to get it done. Um, because... I like was uncomfortable leaning on discipline too hard. Mm, mm-hmm. Um and so my life is very strongly structured towards pleasure or fear rewards for activities, mm. which I don't think is a great place to be. So here's an interesting question. Do you has this has this activity made you more motivated to go develop that muscle? Yes, 100%. And so mm. that's what I'm saying is like I think what I'm first going to do is take some of the things off of this list that weren't insanely challenging right and weren't insanely easy and i'm going to make a small subset of those things like two or three things and i'm going to try and do those i like that right just off on my own without you guys but like as a person or i mean you guys can hang if you want to hang but uh (laughs) but like as a personal sort of project um, and then once I get to a point where those things are not a problem, maybe I'll incorporate some more things that are more challenging and whatever. Yeah. Because what I'm saying is like f- pleasure is great, but it's not always uh, achievable. Um, and fear is not a great motivator. Um, totally agree. In that it's it, it comes, very it's got a lot motivator. of side effects. It, mm-hmm. Well, it's a very successful motivator, but it's got a right. lot of side effects. Uh-huh. We, uh, yeah, I think it, I think it makes for a very bad quality of life. Right. Uh, and so you can sort of chill in like low level fear and anxiety. Um, but like, this is something I've always, uh, like, okay, this is kind of a thought I've had recently, which is like, uh, it's kind of like knowing how to fight discipline. It's a little bit like knowing how to fight. Um, and therefore being able to be in a lot of situations without sort of having to worry and, have you ever noticed that like people who get really, really aggressive often are the ones who don't know how to fight. Hmm. Um, and the ones who, you know, stay calm and like, don't have to engage in that level of aggression are the ones who know that like, if it really comes down to it, they can take care of business. Right. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if that's sort of a similar thing where it's like, I wonder how much less general anxiety I would be dealing with uh, if I knew that I had like a baseline level of discipline and I didn't need to manufacture fear to get it done. Yeah. Hmm. I, I think that sounds like a, a, a pretty healthy approach. Yeah. It's, it, that's the thing. You can't run away from culture in this, with this topic. Like culture is a factor. Like yep. if there's something that America is doing and you choose to, to stray from that something, you're making a statement the closer you are to people that aren't doing that thing, you know, like you, you just have to, it's something to live with. You can't escape culture. This is, this was a very uh, interesting thing for me moving to the Bay area 
where, uh, so prior to the Bay Area, I had lived in St. Louis and Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Jakarta, which are all three places where people uh, are, like nutrition habits are not the best. And then I moved to the Bay Area where everyone is eating uh, really good food all the time and moving Mm -hmm. their body outside every single day. It's wow. unbelievable how what an impact that can have because I'm a left to my own devices. I'll just eat like pretzels and pizza and not do anything. And yeah. uh, it's amazing. Just it's like there's something in the water. Just being in that culture has made me much much healthier. I habitually make much much better decisions. And it's interesting mm. because it hasn't actually come out of a place of discipline. It's actually come from culture. Right. Uh, I think that's really interesting. I mean, I was thinking about, I was talking to my sister about this because my sister's a yoga instructor who like eats really well. And, uh, you know, she, she and her husband are both like, uh, very, very healthy. And mm-hmm. I was saying, I was like, man, I'm so, like, I'm not a vegan. I'm not like a great yogi. I'm not really anything, but gosh, I like, I'm really glad that this cultural moment has taken over because like you just said, you can't escape culture. And it happens that there's like a, pretty like positive cultural moment happening that I'm benefiting a lot from right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like in terms of getting stuff done, I think this circles back to what, what Daniel is saying. Like Daniel's like, I I've haven't, I've tried to, I've resorted to everything but discipline. And now I'm sort of like facing this, like maybe, maybe discipline's an option. Um, I, I've heard it said like, there's, there's three thing. I, I, I don't know where I got this or what the actual quote is, but there's like, there's three things. There's, there's discipline. There's, which is like internal motivation and then there's uh, like accountability and then there's environment. Um, and I think mm-hmm. those are the three things. And I think what we're talking about, like culture would fall under that environment umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that's sort of along those same lines is that I've spent a lot of time. There's always, okay, I, I'm going to keys. You're at a party and you want to remember, uh, so, uh, you, you bring a dish and it's on a plate and you want to remember to bring the dish home. So you can just try to remember and, and rely on yourself, or you can take out your car keys and put them on the dish or next to the dish. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. you've built something into the system to get this thing done. It's going to happen. You've removed that discipline element. So like I've spent a lot of time thinking of ways to someone steals your car and your dish. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I, I, I've spent a lot of like, and I think that's what kind of you're talking about. Daniel is like, you've just, you've turned away from discipline and you used you've used pain pleasure type manipulation to get stuff done. Um, I don't know. Environment is a great way to remove discipline and still get the thing done. Like you're talking about in terms of just being around people who eat better. There's better restaurants available. There's less, all your friends don't have junk food laying around. I I don't know. So, well, okay. So here's the question, right? Is like, so what I've done, I feel like pretty successfully over the past couple of years is like gone from using large scale pain pleasure things to using smaller and smaller, less and less uh, drastic pain pleasure responses to get stuff done. So, you know, like the way I get my job done on a day-to-day basis isn't as much like I have a, you know, I have like a motivation to become a god or the fear of being homeless, right? Like those are like sort of like large scale pictures where it's like, Oh, like if I don't get something done at work, like I'll get fired and then I'll won't have any money and then I'll be homeless. Mm -hmm. Or like if I get this done, then that will like, you know, along the way I'll like invent something amazing that will make me like a very famous conference speaker and then everything will be great. You know? (laughs) Um, 
so like those two things are no longer like okay. my primary motivations. Mm-hmm. My motivations are much smaller. I use smaller things like uh, I don't want to disappoint this person who I told yesterday that I would have this done by four or so, you know something like that mm-hmm. you know yeah and it's kind of annoying because it's like a lot of energy um, and I'm using parts of my brain that aren't really supposed to be active for creative problem solving like fear shouldn't really be active when you're doing creative problem solving like it doesn't make you that creative well it doesn't mm-hmm. i does it have to be fear does it have to be pain pleasure here's an example that i we might be able to use to get away from the pain pleasure or you might just expose why it's actually rooted in pain pleasure but sure. the cleaning up uh cleaning up a common space if i have that for on my docket for the day and i just know i'm not going to do it or like i don't want to have to rely on my own you know uh, gut to you know to do it um i could call a friend and invite i could call a somewhat distant friend or like my parents friends and invite them over for dinner mm-hmm. and then my house will almost certainly be spotless like mm-hmm. i will not let them come over and not clean my house like really well so mm-hmm. that's a way of make doing like a small thing that by inviting someone over really anybody if i invite someone over it'll force me to clean the house it won't be an issue of me like beating myself up to do this thing it will get done it's mm-hmm. not really a bit you you could say that it's like the pain of of you know the friend seeing your house and thinking less of you or i i don't know but you know what i'm saying like that one seems less of like dangling pain or pleasure in front of me and more of just like rigging the situation to make this action inevitable like you know well right and so this is this is i think the point of discipline right the point of discipline is to take an activity that like is initially rooted in some sort of a plain plain pleasure pain pleasure uh type of a situation okay and transition that from i'm doing this because i want this or because i'm afraid of this to this is just what i do now Making that transition, I think, is like that's the skill set I want to have, right? Is transitioning things is basically being able to like logically evaluate the the pros and cons of something and then like set it in motion as a habit, right? And so like the example, the best example I have is like I don't drink, and like the initial reason for like why doesn't why don't I drink was like a pain pleasure calculation, you know? It was like. I can no longer like handle the ramifications of this or like I'm excited about the possibilities of this, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. Um and so then but now it's no longer that. I no longer consider those factors. Hmm. You know? Hmm. All I do now is just like I just this isn't that's just what I do. Right. You know? Yeah. I think an, another way of thinking about it, um I, I'm kind of just uh repackaging things that both of you guys already just said, but you know, we, we've talked on here a lot about motivation and I've been thinking about motivation a lot in 2017 because I mm-hmm. know that I think pretty, this is, is probably broadly applicable to almost anybody. You know that you're capable of doing good work at like a rapid pace. Like, and if, if the stars align on motivation, whatever those motivations are, pain, pleasure, mm-hmm. ambition, whatever, whatever those motivations are, when you are highly motivated, you've had days where you've done exceptional work at a pace that you look back at and say, how did I even do that? You Mm. also probably have a lot of days that are the exact opposite of that, where you're in a slog and you can't, you have no way of manufacturing motivation really. And you're, you're just doing this sort of joyless work at a slow rate. And also somehow quality has gone down too. Right. Mm. And that's like, 
one of the biggest things that this show ends up being about a lot of the times because it's like uh, how do you how do you manufacture motivation how do you pull motivation out of thin air yeah. how do you try to just show up and do your best work while being joyful while being of service to the people around you without driving yourself mad right so the i think we're where I'm realizing now when I'm hearing you guys frame it up this way, the place that discipline comes in is discipline kind of supplants the need to manufacture motivation, right? Because if you have that muscle memory where you're able to just sort of like sit down, go through the motions, do your thing, make your bed, start your work on time and just like get in there with the right mindset with eight hours of sleep, you won't need to be manufacturing motivation half as much, right? Right. Which then s- saves all of that energy that you were using to manufacture motivation and allows you to manufacture other things, you know, like, nice or stuff. like mo- manufacture <laughs> motivation for new things. You, you know? can now manufacture fidget spinners and uh, sell those on the open market. <laughs> Paper clips. Yeah, I, I dig it. Yeah. What do you guys think of that? Does that, does that make sense? Cause then also, then also think about, I also think about like when I come back to the quality of life thing, Daniel, with your fear and pleasure, because I react very much to fear when I'm very afraid I can get a lot of things done. Um, but like how much do you want that as like fuel in your fuel tank? You know, that's like putting crude oil into your, in your fuel tank. It's like, well, that's, I don't actually have any idea how cars work. Let's scratch that from the record because I just exposed how little I understand about how cars work. Uh, it's like putting, uh, it's like putting, it's like chowing down on a bunch of like sugar. And then for like 20 minutes, you're like, whoa, this is going to be a great 20 minutes. And then like things are going to be bad and long term, like you don't need to be on a sugar diet in order to get your stuff done. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean that, yeah, I think that's a good way of, of packaging it up. Um, I, I dig that definitely the that that's that that thing that I just keep tossing around is that in my head this this discipline thing is just the the like umption or gumption is it gumption like gumption gumption it's 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 gumption like it's just the thing that you where you can just decide I will do this thing and then you have that discipline muscle to carry you through to that thing and I don't know there's so many it's such a pro con and there's so many thoughts I have surrounding it and usually I like I said like I usually am like you have like three ways to get something done you change your environment you makes you hire somebody to make you do it or you do it yourself with your own internal motivation I used to always think and say that change you know start with environment like that's the easiest it'll definitely get done like it's you know it removes the your own like need to do the thing um but but discipline I don't know there is something to be said for discipline so maybe maybe I'm coming to that right now and that is the goal of discipline December is to realize the value of discipline for discipline's sake I did find the strong personal satisfaction of the waking up with no snooze. Every morning I woke up angry. Almost every single morning I woke up like actually angry and grumpy because I knew I had to go to bed and I was so pissed. Um, And so the night before when I would set my alarm, I knew that I had to get up. And so I made my alarm super realistic. So this month I actually like woke up maybe later than I normally do. When I wake up, for the first probably 40 seconds, every fiber of my being is just screaming at me to go back to bed. Yeah. And if I can just basically stay standing for 40 seconds, like 90% of that subsides. It's amazing. Yep. For me, it feels more like 13 to 14 minutes. That's tough. I have had the experience before of getting up, getting out of bed, making coffee 
taking a couple of sips of it, going to sit down on the couch, and then waking up two hours later. Holy mackerel, holy hour. We got we, we to gotta talk about holy hour. Uh, this was the one more than any other category on here. It's something that I had heard from, uh, you know, from smart people from a long time that your sleep is much, much better if you have, uh, you know, an hour before sleep where you don't have any screens. I had also heard the same about food. We talked about doing both, uh, doubling down and just having a special time for an hour where you do no screens, uh, and no food. I also ended up, uh, extending that to basically like no kind of digital technology at all. So originally I would like start a podcast and then set my phone down and not look at my phone again, but I was still like, you know, listening to media. Uh, eventually I even cut that out and just said, this is ba- this is effectively like an hour of quiet time at the end of the day. Uh, things that I did do were like effectively just like walking around the neighborhood, tidying up around the house, writing in my notebook, getting ready for bed, reading, and that's it. And I did I cleaning say, during the time too. Yes, I, I did too. I did too because there was a lot of like, oh, cool. I can like actually really get ready for tomorrow. And that actually only takes mm-hmm. 10 minutes. It's just something that I never really do. Uh, and my goodness, I did not expect to have such a strong reaction to it. But I'm very seriously considering like adopting this for all my life going forward. Did you guys have a similarly strong reaction to it positively or negatively? Not at all. Really? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think I sort of did it before kind of, but sometimes we would watch TV in hmm. bed and then other times I would read. So like I've kind of already did it. I don't know. It and so it was reading. I don't, you were describing what was going on in your life and I was like that Sounds awesome. And I could see if I didn't, if I considered holy hour before I went into bed, I think it would have a significant impact on my life. The days where it was crazy and like, like you're describing were the times where I don't know where for whatever reason I didn't go to bed like right away. And I was like, Oh, holy hour. I got to put my, my laptop down. And then I had my laptop down. I'm like, what do I do? Like, I don't know what to do. And then I, you know, then, then holy hour magic happened. So, um, I, I like wrote like on a piece of paper a couple times, but for the most part, it was just me reading in bed and that was like business as usual and it didn't really matter. So that sounds pretty great. Yeah. I had a, I had a few really good days with Holy Hour. Hmm. Um, and tell me about them. The major impact of, well, the major impact of Holy Hour to me is that I got better sleep. Yeah. Uh, and I woke up more easily the next day. Like, and not only that, but like, yeah, it's amazing how much you can get done in an hour. Yeah. Like, I got so much done in those hours. Like, I would like clean the kitchen, read 45 pages of a book, go for a walk, you know, brush yeah. my teeth and go to bed mm-hmm. in yeah. an hour. It was like, who knew that I could do all of this right. in, in an hour? I the for me the the big big shift to, and 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 to just to kind of let you know where I was before this I was a like my nor- left to my own devices the last thing I do in the day once all my work is done social stuff is done it's just like me in my apartment winding down I'll like watch something on Netflix or play a video game or something and then like maybe get a snack out so I'm like I'm like eating and I'm majorly stimulated by a screen. And then I basically like roll over and go to bed. So 
that was what I was coming from. And what, one of the things we talked about in the last episode was like, you know, our whole job and a significant portion of our social life and kind of like our like leisure activities are all in front of screens. Right. Yeah. So for me, the, the, the big, big, big shift was that I just suddenly realized that there's no real part of my waking life that is decoupled with like interacting with my phone or my other devices. Mm-hmm. Everything that I do is intermediated by those. And even if it's not, it's on me and notifications are coming in or like there's a, a quick break and I check Twitter or whatever it is. It's just, right. it is the thing that fills in all gaps in my life right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am not like, you know, a like technophobe about, you know, that's destroying us or that's just, you know, destroying relationships or making us stupider or making us lonely. I, I don't buy a lot of those are, you know, fear mongering arguments, but I will say that having an intentional time at the end of the day when I was literally just standing there like by myself as just like a man in the world, like with my thoughts, <laughs> with nothing else, is like a radical experience compared to just like life with devices all the time. And walking around, like Daniel, you just says, like it's heady. Like you get deep, deep into your thoughts. And then I'd come back and I would think like, okay, well, I had a couple thoughts on there. I can't get my notes app out. I can't get Bear out. I started using Bear, by the way. Uh, nice. I can't get Bear out to write my notes down. So I just need to write them down in my, my little notebook. And I would start writing and I would write like six pages because the thing is, you know, you got nothing but time. And I would just find this incredible, like clarity of thought. It felt, uh, it felt uh, very natural. It felt very different. It just, it felt like it was this, this different side of myself that I maybe forgot about because Mm. I never do that where I sort of say, okay, like I'm retiring my device for tonight. I'm putting it in the charger. I'm putting it face down. My alarms are set. I do not need to check notifications again before I go to bed. This is it. I'm checking out. And, uh, the nights when I actually pulled it off were like, amazing and i woke up so refreshed uh now the unfortunate part is that uh as you see from my my list i have i i I think i only did it like eight or ten times or something um because it's really hard it's really really hard especially when you're really hard and you just want to like you just want to play video games or something uh it's very very difficult and i was not very successful with it but man alive it was it's awesome and I want to try to do it as much as possible. And for any listeners who haven't tried it yet, give it a shot. Just try like a couple nights. It's really, it's really something. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I definitely think it's like a good, uh, pressure valve. Like I could see if I started having a bad week or a week that felt like it was a little bit spinning out of control, I could see this being a very good maneuver to get some agency back in my life. <laughs>